nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing can wash away my sins. Nothing can make me white as snow. Praise the Lord. Amen. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank God for all of you. Amen. Who may be tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. Praise the Lord to you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. For finding this broadcast in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with us tonight to the book of Colossians, chapter number three. The book of Colossians, chapter number three. Amen. If you're watching us on Facebook, I encourage you, praise the Lord, to go and find us on YouTube and also, excuse me, and also find us on Spotify on our podcast, praise the Lord, on Spotify, New Ransom Jesus Church by Pastor Brandon Richardson. Amen. God bless you in Jesus name. We also have other uh, churches in our organization. Amen. That also uh, names begin with New Ransom. We have New Ransom Temple, New Ransom Holy Church, New Ransom Church of the Living God. Amen. Feel free to join their YouTube and Facebook pages. Also, New Ransom Temple is our mother church in Jesus name, where our Bishop Wilbert Williams is our bishop of our organization. Amen. So hopefully, though, you find something there that will encourage your soul in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Colossians chapter number three. <clears throat> Amen. I want to talk to you today about a U-turn. A U-turn. Y'all know what a U-turn is, don't you? Those who drive vehicles. There are signs that say, no U-turn, right? What is a U-turn? U-turn is when you turn around and go a different direction. A lot of times you see this, huh? Go, go back the way you came from, right? Amen. A lot of times you see this, um, you see this uh, sign at an intersection. Praise the Lord, where there's a median in place. Praise the Lord. And it'll let you know whether you cannot make a left turn or not. Amen. It'll let you know you cannot make a U-turn. And sometimes in the streets, we call it a U-E. Hit a U-E, right? <laughs> Man, hit a U-E and go back the other way. You missed your turn, right? Praise the Lord. Uh, a U-E is a change of plan. Thank you, Jesus. Go the opposite way. Go the opposite way. And when I think about this word U-turn, a lot of times you see it with the yellow, the letter U and the word turn. But I also want you to think about this, U-Y-O-U, turn. Amen. So I might play on those words today. A U-turn, as if you're going the other direction, but then U-turn, as in you as the individual, make a turn as well. Praise the Lord. So go the opposite way. Amen. A lot of times people in this world, they are walking in this world of sin. And they need to make a U-turn and go the other direction. Praise the Lord. 
towards righteousness. And pretty much what U-turn means in this sermon today is repent. That's what it means, repent. Definition of repent is to have a change of mind, which results in a change of conduct. You may hear me say the definition of repent also means to go the other way. Amen. You're heading in sin this way. Turn around and go the other way. Hit a U-E. Amen. Praise the Lord. The definition of U-turn means to turn a vehicle in a U-shaped course so as to face in an opposite direction. To go 180. 180, right? Y'all know what a 360 is? Yep. What's a 360? All the way around. So 360 divided by 2 is what? 180. So a 360 is doing this. Right? A 180 is going halfway. The other direction. Amen. So that's one of the synonyms or definitions of U-turn, a 180. About face. Y'all heard that word before? About face. You hear this in, I believe, in the military. Amen. When they do an about face, they go the other way, turn and face the other way. Amen. So those are the definitions I found for U-turn, the letter U, and turn. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to talk today about U-turn and I want to encourage you Amen. To turn your life around and to walk with God. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you may say I'm already walking with God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to dive into the scriptures today. And as we read the scriptures, you may find yourself here. Put your seatbelt on because there are going to be some things that the Bible is going to mention. And you may find yourself in these positions, praise the Lord, in these situations, in this sin, praise the Lord, in this darkness. But there's hope as long as you make a U-turn. Amen. So Colossians chapter 3, when you have it, say amen. And we're going to start at verse number 1. Turn at verse number one. All right. The word says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Amen. Verse two. Praise the Lord. We'll wait till you, get, you need some assistance. We can help you. One second. Uh, it's right near it, though. You're right there. Hold on. I like that big print, man. What's well, that? I like it. Because I can't see. Yeah. We'll get to help you get that. Praise the Lord. I like that. I, I switch Bibles with you. <laughs> yeah, Colossians chapter 3. Yeah. And uh, verse number two is where we are. Thank you, Jesus. Three and two. <clears throat> um, 
So verse two, set your affections on things above and not on things on earth. Let that talk to you. Let that talk to you. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. That word affections translated here means mind, your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth, right? Now, it doesn't mean that the things on earth, you can't think about that. The issue comes when you make those earthly things more of a priority above God. Praise the Lord. You, it's okay for you to think about a job, a career, a car, a house ambitions right desires those things are okay to think about it's just he's basically wanting us to know that you shouldn't make those things a priority and put those above god when you put them above god that's when you have an issue so set your affections on things above like a football game <laughs> we live in chiefs nation out here in kansas city Right. A lot of people don't want to go to church on Sunday if the Chiefs are going to play early. Oh, yeah. Or the Broncos. That's right? <laughs> We got a Broncos fan in here. He, we let them in, y'all. We let them in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. When, when the Chiefs play, there was a time when the Chiefs was playing over in London. What, 10 o'clock in the morning? Some people didn't want to go to church. But I got to watch my cheese game. There are some people that I know. Listen, I know a person. They went to their pastor and said, can I be excused from service on Sunday? Because you know my boys are playing. And the person told them too, said, if you don't excuse me, you know I'm not going to be here anyway, right? So you might as well just excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I know a person that did that. Right? But affections. These things, you're, you're, these things are okay to think about. The things on earth are okay to think about. Just don't make them a priority above God. That makes sense? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Listen. For you are dead. That don't mean that you are literally dead, because if you were, you wouldn't be able to hear my voice right now, right? But dead here means, listen, we have to be dead to the things of this world. We have to be dead to lustful passions. Praise the Lord. You're dead in Christ. I mean, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, praise the Lord, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Thank you, Jesus. Then he gives us some instructions here. There's a word that starts with the letter M 
in verse 5. What is it? Mortify. Mortify. Hmm. What in the world does that word mean? Mortify. Y'all know what that word means? See, this is where studying comes into play, right? You find words that you don't know, look them up. Amen. Or if you have a study Bible, a study Bible, it'll tell you what the word means usually. Mortify. Mortify means to put it to death. Mortify means to kill it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Mortify. Now, what did he tell you to kill? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Now, a lot of times you think of members, you think of a body part, right? Body members. You say your members on the earth. You might think of an arm or a leg, right? But look at these members. He's going to name some things here, and I want y'all to read with me. Mortify, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, right? Let's, let's, let's slow down real quick. We're in Bible education class, right? Fornication. Y'all know what that is? Fornication is two people who are not married having sexual relations with each other. Not married, but you're having sexual relations. Fornication. Uncleanness. Now, these are the things he told us to put to death. These are things he told us to kill, mortify your members which are upon the earth. Amen? Now, now you see why he's saying set your affections on things above, not on things on earth, right? Now he's giving us examples of things that we need to cut off. Now, the reason we're reading this is because we're talking about making a U-turn. If you find yourself in any of these items that he's listing, there's still hope here. I'm not reading this to hurt anybody's feelings. Facebook, Spotify. We're not doing this to hurt nobody's feelings, but it is Bible. This is just as much Bible as Jesus wept. <laughs> right? This is just as much Bible as Jesus died on the cross for us and shed his blood. This is just getting a little bit deeper into the meat of the word of God. Uncleanness. Uncleanness is anything, everything leading up to fornication. Uncleanness. You got some other stuff in there too, but that's my simple surface knowledge of it. Amen. Simple definition of it. Everything leading up to it. Amen. That could be uh, pornographic books and videos. Praise the Lord. That could be uh, foreplay, all that stuff. Leading up to the fornication. Inordinate affection. Inordinate affection is lustful passions. Okay. Lustful passions. Evil concupiscence. Concupiscence is desires. Evil desires. These are the things he said we got to cut off and put to death. Hmm? Evil concupiscence. That's evil desires of what is forbidden. Right? And covetousness. Covetousness, he said, which is idolatry. 
covetousness is you want something else so bad that you'll go to the point of sinning in order to get it. Covetousness. Okay. I told y'all the story about that I saw on, um, I believe it was Dateline or 2020, one of those shows where the, the pastor had a wife and the, there was another mistress in the midst of the congregation. And the pastor wanted to be with the mistress and the mistress wanted to be with the pastor. So, they, so the, the, the mistress was coveting the pastor's. The, lady, the, the, the mistress was coveting the first lady's husband. Covetous. So they went to the point of sinning in order to get what she wanted. So they made a plot, a plan to kill the pastor's wife so that they can live happily ever after together. Covetous. So she coveted somebody else's husband and she went to the point of sinning in order to get it. Just one example. Covetous. And he said, that's idolatry. What is idolatry? Idol. Idolatry. It's idol worship. So you have made something else take the place of God. And he said, covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness is you want it so bad, you put God on the back burner. He said, you just made that your idol. Praise the Lord. Verse 6, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now, ain't that something? The wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. Now, you can be delivered from wrath by making a U-turn. U-turn. <laughs> my, brother, my brother and I used to write poetry, and we used to do spoken word. And one of the lines he said, you got to make a U-turn. No, U-turn your life around. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Make a U-turn. Go the other way. You're headed in a way of destruction. And God wants you to turn it around. Praise the Lord. Turn it around. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Again, these scriptures aren't, I hope what I'm reading tonight is being received out of the spirit of love. Because we're not reading this tonight for anybody's feelings to be hurt or for anybody to be discouraged. Praise the Lord. This is for informational purposes. And if you find yourself, that's the mercy of God letting you know, I see you. I see you and I care about you so much that I'll let you run into this sermon on tonight called U-Turn. Praise the Lord. How if we talk about repentance and repentance is making a change of mind, which will result in a change of conduct or lifestyle. Amen. How are you going to tell someone to repent without telling them what to repent from? Hmm? If I got a buffet laid out there and I just yell, don't eat that. 
you're going to be looking like, well, which one do I not eat? He said, fish. Right? There's, there's, I got fish, I got chicken, and I got steak. And I say, hey, don't eat that one. Don't eat that one. You're going to be looking like, which one? If I'm going to tell you not to eat something, I need to give you more details, right? Don't eat that one. Don't eat the steak, right? Now you have more direction. If I say repent, what does that mean to someone? If I just say repent, turn around, turn around. Change of lifestyle, change of lifestyle. Some people don't know what's wrong until you let them know. I heard a man say today, I was talking to him at work. He said, you just don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and I thought about that. I said, that's actually, when you think about it, that's kind of, kind of deep. You don't know what you don't know. Praise the Lord. So if I say repent, we're eventually going to have to talk about some things that people may need to repent from. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 13, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Okay. Now, one thing I want you to, the, the, to pick up here is the words sound the same, but it doesn't mean the same. The word straight, straight. The normal way in America, how we spell the word straight is what? S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T. Now, what does that word mean? S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, straight. What does that mean? Straight line, right? No curves, no bends, straight, right? No turns, right? Straight. Now, Look at this word straight in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. It's a different word. S-T-R-A-I-T. That's a different meaning. The straight that we think about is keep it straight. Don't get it twisted, right? <laughs> but this word here, straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, means narrow thin. Praise the Lord. It means narrow. So he says, enter ye in at the narrow gate. The narrow gate. Don't go to the wide gate. Go to the what? Narrow. So that word here, straight, means what? Narrow. It's a tight walk. It's a tight walk. My bitch used to say, it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Amen. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to what? Destruction. Hmm? Y'all got Bibles in your hands and they ain't even reading. Look at you staring at the floor and can't even pay attention. Hmm? Yeah. Talk to these kids in here, y'all. Praise the Lord. I see you there on Facebook. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I don't see you, but I see your comments. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. What is destruction? Destroyed. Anybody want their soul destroyed? No. 
Anybody want to live in torment? No. No. We want peace. We want the peace of God. We want peace on earth and we want peace in the afterlife. Praise the Lord. And many there be which go in thereat. Now look at that. There's going to be a lot of people who are going in through the wide gate and the broad way. A lot of people going in there, right? That's what he said. Look at what Jesus said in verse 14. He said, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Now that word few does not mean three people. Usually when we say, let me have a few, people give you three, right? Give me a couple, they're going to give you how many? Two. Two. Give me a few, they're going to give you how many? Three. (laughs) But few here don't mean three. It just means a smaller amount. So there's a lot of people who are going down the broad way. Ooh-wee, I just found a sermon. I got, I got a title of a new sermon I'm going to preach one day. Don't go down Broadway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Broadway. Don't go down Broadway. We got a Broadway here in Kansas City, don't we? Broadway Street. But we're going to be talking about the Broadway, the wide way. Right? The wide gate. Don't go down Broadway. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, some of y'all minds don't went dirty, so let go of that earthly mindset and get back on heavenly things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because <laughs> it crossed my mind, too. So I know it probably crossed y'all mind. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Broadway. All right. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth into life, and few there be that find it. There's going to be few people a smaller amount of people that's going to find this narrow way. Now, we ought to give God praise for even giving us the opportunity to have the chance to walk down the narrow way. If it's going to be a few people that find it, thank God he gave me the opportunity to find it. Hallelujah. Now, why is this way narrow? Because everybody can't walk it. It's narrow. Everybody can't walk it. Some will give up and go by the wayside. Praise the Lord. Go to um, go to Mark chapter number four. Mark chapter four. Matthew, Mark. Mark is the next book to the right of. I mean, Mark is the next book to the right of Matthew. So go to the last chapter of Matthew and you'll see Mark sitting right there. And I want you to find chapter four. Praise the Lord. And we want to find verse number 18. We'll deal with verse 7 and verse 18. So we have Mark chapter 4. Say amen. Amen. And I want you to... um, Look at verse 3. Says, hearken, behold, there went out a sower 
to sow, right? A sower went out to sow, okay? So, so for time's sake, I'm going to just bring you up here. The sower was sowing, and then when he sowed, some fell by the wayside, some fell on stony ground, some fell among thorns, and there's some that fell on good ground. We have four different scenarios, and we read about those in verses 4 through 8, okay? Four through eight, we read about those. There were four scenarios. The sower is sowing seeds. Y'all see people grabbing seeds on the, and they're throwing them across the grass. They're just casting the seeds out there, right? Then they go and water the grass. And that's how you know grass grows up. Beautiful bed of grass, right? So when they were sowing the seeds, the seeds, some of them fall on the sidewalk, don't they? Some of them fall on good ground. Some might fall in your rose bushes where the thorns is, right? Some may fall on clay, that hard ground. But, but you're just casting the seeds out there, right? Now, the seed is the word of God being sown, sowed out there into the world. That's what the seed is. So the seed is being thrown out. Tonight, I'm throwing seeds out there. And there's four different scenarios of individuals. Four different types of people will receive, four different scenarios of how people may receive the word. It's going to be on by the wayside, stony ground, thorns, and good ground. Look at verse 7. This is what we're talking about tonight. Verse 7. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded what? No fruit. It wasn't fruitful at all. Our job in this world is to be fruitful. Be fruitful. The why God gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, you have the fruit of the Spirit. We got to be fruitful. Now, verse 7 says that it saw fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. What does that mean for us, the thorns? Well, let's let the Bible tell us. Jump over to verse 18. These are they which are sown among thorns. So now he's going to tell us what he mean by the thorns. As such as hear the word. They heard the word, right? Then I tell you the seeds that was getting sown out there was the word of God. They hear the word, verse 19, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in Choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. See that? Now, the first scripture we read in Colossians chapter number 3, he said, in verse 2, he said, Set your affections on things above and not on things on what? On earth. Set your affections, your mind, on things above and not on things on earth. Now, you see what can happen if you got your affections, your mind set on things on earth, the word of God may go out there, but it's not going to be fruitful. You know why? Because verse 19, the cares of this world, that's the earth, right? Set your affections on things above and not on what? Things on earth. Verse 19 tells us that the cares of this earth, the cares of this world, 
and the deceitfulness of riches. People think, oh, I got to get rich. I got to get rich. They're going to play the lottery, so they got to get rich. Praise the Lord. And he says, and the lust of other things entering in, the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you to set your mind on God. I know that sounds like cliche, cliche, right? It sounds like, hey, that's a, that's a phrase that everybody should be saying, right? It's just cliche. Just like, God is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, what? God is good. People say that all the time, don't they? It's become cliche. So I know that sounds cliche. Set your affections, your mind on God and not on earthly things. And then in Colossians chapter 3, he told us, what some of those earthly things that people are involved in doing. The evil concupiscence, which is the evil desires, right? Fornication, uncleanness, all of that, right? Those are things he's saying we need to make sure we are not involved in these things because you, set your, you got your mind set on the wrong thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you to focus on God. As hard as that may be living in the world that we live in right now, we got to recalibrate. We got to refocus. Praise the Lord. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 7, he told them after he listed some of the things that they should cut off and to Mortify. What does mortify mean again? Mm -mm. You can't just copy what other people say. You're going to sound crazy like other people sound. That wasn't crazy. You ain't sound crazy. I'm just saying. Mortify. Mortify, therefore, your members. Don't put them there. What does mortify mean? No. To put to death. Cut it off. Mortify it. Right? Kill it. So he says, mortify your members on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, that means lustful passions, evil concupiscence, that means evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. He goes on to say that the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience, but look at verse 7 of Colossians 3 and 7. In the which ye also walked. That's encouraging. These people were delivered. They were set free. In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Look at the past tense words he's using. Verse 7. In the which ye also walked. Past tense, right? Sometime when ye lived in them. You see that? Paul's letting us know these people were delivered. They were set free from the things that they were living in that God did not like. Amen. Then he goes on in verse 8. He said, now we got to put off some more stuff, y'all. And we're going to read through this and 
Y'all just hold on for a second. But now ye also put off all these. First he said, kill those things first. Then he said, I also want you to take this stuff off. Anger. Now, wait a minute. Now, we're getting a little deep here, Paul. You better calm down, right? No. He said, put away anger. Wrath. Wrath is explosive anger. Malice. Malice is the intent. You love to see people go through pain and you love to see people uh, have misfortune. Malice. Blasphemy. Blasphemy is speaking evil. Here we have Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8. Blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. He said, don't be talking filthy. Cursing and telling nasty jokes. Telling dirty jokes. You got to put that stuff off. Put it away. Y'all see that? Amen. Verse 9. Lie not one to another. He said, even put away lying. Seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Sound like somebody that made a U-turn. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They put off the old man with his deeds. That means they used to walk in the deeds of the old man. Now they done put them off. They done made a U-turn and going the other way. Verse 10. And have put on the new man. So he said, take off the old man and his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. How do you get on the new man? How do you put on the new man? First, you got to have knowledge. Because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 11, where there is neither Jew I mean, I'm sorry, where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So no matter what nationality you find yourself, no matter if you're locked up or if you're set free, no matter what, where you find yourself, he said, Christ wants to save everybody. He's all and in all. Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God. Elect means the chosen ones. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. He said, I want you to put on bowels of mercy. Instead of having anger and wrath, I want you to have mercy on people. Ain't that good? Have mercy on them. Kindness, be kind to people. Humbleness of mind. Notice he didn't say humbleness of, of something else. He said humbleness of what? Mind. High-mindedness starts in the head. Praise the Lord. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. Long-suffering. Meekness is gentleness. Long-suffering. Long-suffering means patience, putting up with. You got to be this way toward people. Y'all see that? This is how you have to be towards individuals, toward people. You have to be, have mercy on them, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, gentle, long-suffering, that means patience. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, 
even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Praise the Lord. If you got a, a, something against somebody else, it's a forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Just like Christ forgave you, you need to forgive others. Praise the Lord. What were we talking about then on Sunday? And above all these things, put on charity. What is charity? Love. Love. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll stop right there in Jesus' name. Make a U-turn. Colossians chapter 3. You read verse 2 through 9. And he's telling you about all the stuff, the bad stuff that people were involved in. And the things that people should be thinking about that they need to put away from them. Which is the old man and his old deeds. But then you start reading at verse 10 and on. He says, somebody needs to make a U-turn. Praise the Lord. Because you're no longer walking after the old man in the wrong direction. You made a U-turn and walked after the new man in a new direction. Praise the Lord. So U-turn, a change of plan. Everybody needs to have a change of plan away from unrighteousness to righteousness. Everybody needs to go the opposite way. And hit a U.E. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I hope I said something to help you. Thank you, Facebook Live, for joining us. Thank you, YouTube, for visiting this page. And also, thank you for all of you who may be listening to this podcast on Spotify. God bless you. If you'd like to support this ministry, uh, go to our website, newransomjesuschurch.com. And you can find a way to, that you can give to this ministry there on our website in Jesus' name. God bless you, and may heaven smile upon you.